Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special Jurgen Klopp podcast to celebrate Norbert's four-year anniversary at Liverpool Football Club. What a magical mystery tour it has been since Klopp took over. Let the eulogy commence, Tristan. Yeah, but before we do that, I'm just going to apologise to everyone in case the sound quality is a bit iffy. Ed six, Ed treble six, even whatever number. What a number are you? Who are you? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. who are you? Yeah, he's away at the moment doing his scouting badges. Is it the sewing badge you're after tomorrow? And we can't. That's why no. we're having to record early. Tomorrow is the swimming badge. Today is the rambling. Rambling, yeah, you're good at rambling. You never bloody stop. That's the problem. Boom, boom. I'll just that's why I'll we just had to, yeah. That's why that. we had to do. That's why we ended up with podcast that were three and a half hours to begin with until we cut them down a bit. The frigging irony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dib dib dib. Go on. You know you want to say dub. it. <laughs> I, oh, mate. I crystal clear remember the day when Brenda Rogers was sacked as Liverpool manager. I was in a club in Ibiza in 2015, and my brother-in-law texted me the news. It wasn't shocking news as Ed002 on the site had been prophesizing for days that Brenda's time was up and it was a frenzy to see who would, re- who would be replacing him. Enter Jürgen Norbert Klopp. When he was linked to the job, I didn't believe it. When he signed, I didn't believe it. And I still can't quite believe we have him now. From the first press... Pre- I'll say that again. From the first press... When he uttered those immortal words from doubters to believers and he proclaimed himself the normal one. There was a mutual understanding from everyone associated with LFC the world over that he was the bona fide chosen one. Fast forward four years, we're European champions and nearly back on our perch. You sound a bit like Mike Edwards there. But one thing, before we go on any further, I just want to go back. Before anyone gets to like thinking you're young and cool and hip because you're in a nightclub in Ibiza, when you said club, you were referring to a pensioner's club and you were there with your <laughs> Derby and Jones or whatever it's called, weren't you? Mate, I am younger, hipper and cooler in my pinky finger than you'll ever be, mate. Except there's one problem is that you'll always be older than me. There is that caveat, but (laughs) listen, Mr. Rolling, Mr. Mr. Rolling Stones, you don't even know what electronic music is, so... Electro? Yeah, I used to have all the electros on vinyl. Sorry, what's that going to do? Vinyl? Hey, vinyl's back in. Do you know what? I was in the I was in the shop the other day. They're selling cassettes. Cassettes. Oh my God's sake! I thought we got rid of them last time round. Listen, we're back. We're nearly back on our perch. Forget about your stupid record collection. Yeah. Just it's just I was so shocked to see cassettes. They were crap the first time. You had to get your pencil to keep tight. You know to find them back in. I mean, why would anyone want them? I think people want to hear about Jurgen Klopp, mate. Yeah, sorry, yeah. What was he talking about, Jurgen Klopp? Yeah. Yeah. Been a great start, hasn't it? It's been a great start. Still got a lot to do, though. Premier League. In what's... That's it. Got to win that. I mean, I, I, I agree with you totally. He's got to win that, and I think he will. 
Um, give me your give me your first impressions of uh, of Klopper. Give well, me a bit of the background. Give me the give me how he came about being Liverpool manager. Give me the story. Give me the, uh, the give us the backstory. Well, he'd been manager of like Mines, who sang "You'll Never Walk Alone." He'd been manager of Borussia Dortmund, who also sing "You'll Never Walk Alone." Their fans have been, and then he right. came to us. It was the perfect trio, really. But at Dortmund, he'd left there under a bit of a cloud. He'd said he was going to leave, and the team just stopped performing, or so people said. But if you actually looked at the stats, which was what was done when he was he was named as picked as the replacement was. It was just bad luck. It, you know, they kept it in the bar, the post, everything, and the ball just wasn't going in, and that's why they weren't performing as well as they'd done previously. It was just one of those things. And right. he'd done things to, in Borussia Dortmund that, like, you know, nobody gave them a chance. They were bankrupt when he took over, basically. They had nothing, and yet he took them to two league titles against Bayern Munich. They're not known as FC Hollywood in Germany for no reason. They are the biggest club there. It was a one-horse race until Jurgen Klopp took over at Dortmund and he turned it into a two-horse race. And it can't be underestimated his achievement. He took them to a European finals. And the man was... And he lost against... Yeah, he lost the European Champions League final as well, didn't he, unfortunately? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, but he'd done Um, wonders just to get them there. Then there was... Yeah. The ch- then, like, we're looking for a new manager. I'd said all along, my choice was him. He was the closest thing I could see to to a new Shankly. He's not Shankly, nothing like Shankly in that respect. I just mean he's the right man to bring in to create a foundation to build on. Rather than, yeah, he's got the charisma. He's, got, he's suited to Liverpool, basically, I thought, when I seen him. Every time I seen him. And I knew he wanted the job at Liverpool as well. And, and you know, and I said that on the site many times that if Liverpool approach him, he'll take the job immediately. Said he wants the job, and people were saying, "Nah, he doesn't." You know, why? Why isn't? Why haven't we gone for him? And I don't know why FSG waited so long before choosing him. I really don't know. I don't know. It was the data analyst that convinced them to go for him, and I don't know why. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking of by not going for him the moment Rodgers went. I really don't. What was the time frame between Rogers leaving and Klopp being appointed? Oh, I'm trying to remember now. God, this is uh, stretching my memory. It was because it was, it, was, it was weeks rather than days, wasn't it? If I'm, I'm thinking back now, it was a while. It wasn't like they just jumped on the net, you know, straight away. And they knew, so you know, Klopp, Rogers had been on a, you know, Rogers had been on the edge of going for a while as well. You know, this had been building now, up. There wasn't so there wasn't a situation where Klopp was in place before Rogers had been fired. No, they didn't even approach him. They literally approached him like after Klopp, you know, well after Rogers had gone, and he took the job straight away. Pretty much, it wasn't like a long negotiation period or anything. It was basically so it, they it, approached him. Yeah, I want the job. He said, you know, sorted out the contracts, and then he started, you know, came over and signed them and did that press conference and that. So it compounds what you say that he wanted the job because it wasn't a tough negotiation or a fairly lengthy negotiation. No, he, he now, was very keen on the job. And I'd said that before. Now, was, An- now was Ancelotti uh, approached before Klopp was? I believe so, yes. Right, OK, that's, that's interesting. Because I, it's an open secret now uh, that United approached 
Klopp. Um, and mm. Klopp, let me quote him. Yes, there was interest. Manchester United, yes, they were interested a year and a half um, before, but it just didn't feel right. I couldn't say Man United is not my club. It didn't feel right. And this was um, United approached Klopp prior to the appointment of Louis van Gaal in 2014-15. And yeah, so so we Ancelotti um, uh, uh, blanked us and then we went to uh, Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I don't think he was he was not first choice by any means, Klopp. The data analysts had him as their first choice, but the FSG didn't. And it was like it was only when they'd been rejected that they turned to him. You know, that they started listening to the data analysts. Well, why do you think him? So. Right. I think this is probably the best thing Ian Eyre ever did for Liverpool Football Club. Um Yeah, but it wasn't really Ian Eyre, was it? Let's be honest here. Not much as say, you know, I don't want to. It's the, we should be giving the thanks to the data analysts. That's who we have to thank for this, because it was them that convinced the owners, and it wasn't Ian Air either. It was John Henry that was convinced, because he's very keen right. on the data. You know, he's very keen right. on this. Um, you know, using data to make decisions. He was convinced Absolutely. by the data analysts, and it was his decision in the end to go for Klopp. He was the one that well, drove it. Well, that's a tick in the FSG column for sure. Okay, let me take you back to that first press conference. I mean, before take, it, the... ex, yeah, explain the furore regarding because I wasn't in the country at the time. Explain, I was just looking at it from um, a very, very detached point of view. And you were, in, I mean, talk to me about the. I mean, the the, the, the sky scanner, the tracking Flight of the radar, plane. That's it. I was trying to right, think what it was radar, called. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk to me about the first press conference when he 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 said from doubters to believers, and he he proclaimed himself the normal one. I mean, it was like I've never seen anything like that in football in all my years. It was like he was the fifth Beatle or something. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the, the Liverpool fans obviously that most of them were in the same camp as me. It was Klopp that they wanted. And when he got chosen, you know, everyone's like, this is the perfect man. And just tracking the flight over, breaking the servers and that, you know what I mean? Because they were just overloaded with people trying to see when he was going to arrive so they could be there to meet him and stuff like that. It was just, it's kind of similar. It's reminiscent to the kind of scenes you see now, you know, after when the trophies won and the and the crowds lying in the street. It was reminiscent of that kind of feeling where the, it felt like the club had won something getting him. He just, I don't know, just something <laughs> yes. about the man. He fits, you know. You know, it's like Shankly got the club, Paisley got the club, but Rogers never did. He never quite got it. Roy Hodgson never got it. Klopp Dalglish on the other hand, got it, obviously, yeah. perfect. He's got it absolutely from the start. And you could see it at Dortmund, he did the same. He had that same ethos that Liverpool have always lived by. You know, where it's a collective and you don't win as as a solo. You know, you don't have the years. We've, we've had years where it had been all about Steven Gerrard. Gerrard had left that summer. Rodgers' era had fallen apart. And we were looking for somebody else to lead. You know, we'd always had somebody, you know, somebody with charisma leading. And he was it. He was the new figurehead to 
leave the club. It's odd now, because I it's know... a team-driven thing, but it's yeah. still, you have a figurehead. We've always had one. Well, everybody responds to good leadership in any in in any uh, 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 culture and in any discipline in in the workplace, but be it a workplace or on a cricket field or on a football field, everybody just naturally. Uh, responds to a leader so he and he is that leader i mean in my introduction you're right I, I i completely agree with you he just everybody the world over just and it wasn't i'm not sure if it was because things were so bad under rogers i just think everybody the world over everybody connected with liverpool football club knew this guy would be successful in every way shape or form and that happened in the first season, he got us to a European um, Cup final. I know that um, Robbie Fowler said that he interviewed him, um, uh, Jurgen Klopp, and he said that he um, admitted to Fowler that um, Klopp turned down, I think it was Real Madrid and Manchester United, because he didn't, and this is, uh, again, highlights what you said about Dortmund. He wanted a project where there was a connection between the fans, the city, and the commercial side of football. You know, he just didn't want it to be all about money, which he felt United and Real Madrid were. And Liverpool were right fit for him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a similar situation to what Dortmund were in when he took over. Not like as bad, but, you know, the potential's there to build something, and he could see it. And he took it, and, well, you can't really complain about what he's done. Um, it wasn't well. You you've got the first team though. I mean, what he had to start with, it wasn't that good though, was it? Let's be honest. That's that's an that's a great time to put, uh, bring this up, mate. Yeah, you're right. Um, okay, so his first, the first team and squad for his first match, uh, for Liverpool against uh, um, Spurs at Wembley, was in 2015. Was um, Liverpool's starting lineup. Mignolet in goal, um, in inverted commas, obviously. Um, Klein, Skirtle, Sacco, Moreno, Livia, Can, Milner, Lalana. And on the bench, we had Allen. Oh, sorry, it was Coutinho and Origi. And on the bench, we had um, Torre, Allen, Eby, Bogdan, Sinclair, Teixeira and Randall. And from that um, squad, only we've got three players that have uh, uh, still at the club, which is Klein, sorry, four. Uh, Klein, Millie, Lalana, and Origi. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he you know, he, the club had just spent big in the summer as well, which it's surprising <laughs> that that was what he'd ended up with. I mean, they'd brought in. Benteke, Firmino, Ings, Klein, Grijic, Gomez, Milner and Bogdan in the summer. So right. it should have been in a good position, really, with the amount of spending. But obviously, most of them didn't work out at all. Now, absolutely. Now, he's, it's, he said, I know he said at, his first, at the press conference, because I, 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 I listened to it again the other day. He said that, I think, within three years he'd win the title. And yeah. I wished we'd won the title last season because that would have been a Muhammad Ali moment where he predicted yeah. where, he'd, uh, where he'd knock out what, what, what round he'd win the fight. It would just have been so poetic and just so romantic for him to do that. But listen, 
as you said, the club wasn't in a healthy position. He started with the Gegen press, the way he played football at Dortmund. And it slowly and organically evolved and, and into what we have today. And what we have today, in my opinion, is a... Yes, it's not a football that's like you. I remember in one of your um, posts on the site, you said that it's not a sexy football. It's not not a rock and roll football. It's not necessarily an exhilarating football, but it's a winning football, you know. And at any point in time, even if we go one or two goals down, I do not um, uh, doubt that we can come back and win that particular football match. Mm. And that's not what we had at the start of Jurgen's reign. We now have a winning, confident football team. I mean, there were times when people were questioning Jurgen as well, especially like last summer, not this summer just gone, the summer before the, you know, and like people were saying he's never going to win anything with this, serial loser because he kept losing cup finals and that. So, yeah, I mean, but he had, we, we lost the cup final, I mean, the European to Sevilla because. I don't know. Moreno had a brain fart at half-time. He thought he was playing for Sevilla again. That, I mean, I understand. Listen, he's he was unlucky to lose finals. I mean, who did he use a European Cup final against? Was it Madrid or Bayern Munich? It was Bayern Munich, wasn't it? We mean because it was an all German came to us. Yeah, Dortmund. Yeah. When Dortmund played, yeah, lost, I think it was, it was Bayern it was Munich, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. And they were a better they were a better side in that uh, that cup final as well. And they, I think they lost it in very dramatic circumstances i'm pretty sure now it's he broke his hoodoo i'm so glad he did it with us and um but the point i'm making is is that it was it's absolute folly to suggest that this guy needs sacking i mean he he came he he came within a point all right the goal difference would have mattered as well so he came in my opinion he came within three points of winning the title we had seven draws last season so that was the reason for that. Only one game mattered, you know what I mean? If we hadn't... You look at that game against City as well and it could have been so different if the referee had seen company uh, castrate Salah, stuff like that. Oh, was that the one where Mane got sent off for the high boot? No, 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 that was the season before. Okay. No, it was the oh, one the where um, company right, yeah, yeah. slashed into Salah, I remember, and nearly... Did he castrated him? He was that high. Oh, up. he did. He decapitated him. Yeah, that's right. Did he even get a? I can't remember. It was a clear yeah. red card, yeah. and he didn't get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that yeah, changed yeah, yeah. the game. So. And then there was the game against Leicester when it was snowing at home at Anfield. Mane should have got. Um, is it Maguire should have got sent off, and and uh, Naby should have had a penalty. Yeah, so but it, it was just, I was um, just saying that you look at it. There's, it, you know, you could just say that game though because it made the difference. That was the three-point swing. And then they went on their run, didn't they? Yeah. If, if, it had been, if the referee had done his job, that's totally different. They, you know, even if we'd only drawn it, it it's a diff- you know, it changes their season. Absolutely. And don't these idiots, these distractors, these haters understand that he won. I mean, he did a miracle job at Mines. Um, they, I mean, an absolute, he worked miracle at Mines and... Like you said before, he won two Bundesligas in a one-horse race. He, he's worked miracles wherever he's at. And he's winning now. He's won a European Cup with Liverpool. And there has never, ever been so much expenditure in European football from the big sides. And he's won it. 
Um, go on. No, I was just going to say, I just, uh, you know, the only reason I mentioned that is because I just wanted people to really remember it. It wasn't all plain sailing. It may seem like that at times when you look back at it, because you look back at things with a different viewpoint, don't you? And you think how great he's done. But people were still questioning him even before last season started, and even part way through. You know what I mean? When they, when it was looking like we weren't going to, you know, mm. come out way with anything, it was just the. The Champions League final before that final, even then, people were still questioning him, which is unbelievable when you look at his record. How he done now? This I know, I totally agree. And this man is going to go down as an absolute legend of not just Liverpool Football Club, but the game of football because he is now Manchester. C- I know that Liverpool fans like to go on about Manchester City, and it's not. A jealousy, it's not a hatred, it's just factual. This club has spent near a uh, more, I think it's more than a billion pounds on its squad. I, I, actually, I, I think we should, this you know, there is a few things that should be they've the, the squad is worth a billion, you know, and paid a billion, but people are right. forgetting this things like, um, they're forgetting that all the infrastructure they've spent billions on. There's also the money they've spent on the youth team that never gets counted in this. And they've spent a right. large okay, amount yeah. of money they buy on. And then you've got to remember Good all the money point. they've spent on all the extra teams that they lend players to, you know, they lend players to or give players for, for nothing, basically, to Manchester City from New York um, Cosmos, City. Yeah. No, New York City FC, Melbourne City okay. FC, where they got the guy that's now on loan with that was at uh, Huddersfield Town that they sold to them from Manchester City, even though they'd never actually bought him at Manchester City as as such. They picked him up for next to nothing because it was from one of their... You know what I mean? There's things like that. There's a lot of extra that they've managed to to do through their other clubs. You know what I mean? It's not just all the spending from Manchester City. You've got the whole setup is geared... To pushing things to Manchester City. Absolutely. Now, highlighting on what you said, like he realised that this, this my massive financial juggernaut, which is Manchester City, had to be slain. You can't compete with Manchester City on a financial level. It's impossible. So, this is where I'm assuming that he evolved the football that we played, and he made it into a a side that's tough to beat and a winning mentality. That's where the psychology came in. Am I correct? Yeah, and, and people are forgetting as well that the whole reason he evolved the Gagan press, as they call it, in the first place, right. was to yeah. deal with teams like Bayern having the control of the ball because you couldn't outmatch them in terms of skill-wise because they had much better players. There was just no way around right. it because every time Klopp had bought Good players for, but you know whoever whoever was I forget who it was that was buying the players actually. To be fair, I shouldn't say Klopp because it wasn't him. But anyway, yeah, they whenever they brought in better players for Klopp to use, they were being bought by Bayern and put in a Bayern team. So they were always at a disadvantage because they were losing their best players to Bayern all the time. And so he'd come up with a system to take away that advantage by making his players work harder against the opposition. And that's one thing, that's one of the reasons why he works so well in Liverpool, because he always specifies teamwork over individual skill. Right. 
He and comes so up with, why? Sorry, go on. Was it? No, it was. I think it was Joachim uh, Watsky or something under Klopp at, uh, at, 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 at Dortmund. But anyway, um, what was I going to say? No, so he's, what, the, he's me, the CEO. Oh, is he right? Okay. So tell me why Gengen Press was disbanded to an extent a couple of seasons ago at Liverpool. Well, what he found is, is it the just players, had better players. Um, no, the players. Couldn't keep, it's uh, such hard work and such wear and tear on the players. In a league like the Bundesliga, you, you get a break halfway. You got a halfway, right. you know, a winter break. Winter players break, can recharge, break, yeah, and they can, you know, they can go again. So they they're able to cope with it. In England, you just don't get. And I know they're putting in this stupid break thing they're on about doing, where they, you know, where they get, where you get one week off, and the, well, half the league gets one week off, and half the league gets the other week off thing. And you don't need it. You just need to be smarter with the way you play, and that's what he's done. He's evolved the style to allow his players to not put themselves to such an amount of physical excess where they're, you know, where they're just knackered by the end of the season. That's what was happening no, originally. No, but that doesn't that add to his wonderment and his skill because he's actually changed the way he plays football for the last, I don't know, 10, 15, whatever years. Or, or was it just Dortmund he played it at? Or did he play it at Mines? I'm not sure. No, he didn't or play did it. He, he had a different system there. He's been gradually evolving his system all along, along with, um, this, with the, you know, this with is what, men. This is what I'm talking about. So he played it seven years at Dortmund, pretty much, right? Two-ish years at Liverpool. So that's six. So that's eight or nine years he's been playing that system. He For didn't really completely... use it all the time at Dortmund. This is the thing people forget is that he only right. evolved okay. into it. That was what he created there. So the first year he wasn't really using the Gagan press as such. He developed it yeah. over time. So okay, I understand that. So even all right, a man a year he's been he's been playing the Gegen Press for a number of years. Yeah. He completely he he really went back to basics and um, invented a new system for Liverpool, which is it, it for me that adds to his um, his, his his brilliance. Yeah, you know? he was he and, was evolving that final year at Dortmund. It must be remembered he didn't play a Gegen yeah. Press there either. Because he'd realised then that it, it was then that he'd realised that the players were struggling to keep it up for the full season, and that was why he was missing out on the finals because the players had just gone right. by that point; their legs had gone. Right. So he now began I'm not to naive. Right. Already, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not naive in thinking that. Um, I'm not naive in thinking that um, this was all. Uh, Jurgen Klopp's brainchild. I'm sure he must have had help with the new type of football that we're playing, correct? Yeah, but like, you know, Shankly didn't do it all himself. Bob Paisley was the tactics behind Shankly. This is the thing, this is why Klopp's so important. He's the figurehead, the leader, the the motivating force behind everything, rather than the man who does everything. He doesn't decide the meals they eat to keep them, you know, the nutrition... As somebody was asking yeah. the other day about Mona Nima right. and what she does, yeah. and then you've got the the fitness and conditioning coach, the mini Klopp, Andreas yes. Kornmeyer. You've got yeah. uh, Peter. Um, I, I don't even want to. I'm going to mess this up so bad, Krajewicz. and I really apologise, Krajewicz. Yeah, you, and you had yeah. 
first off, you used to have um, oh, the guy who's left, and now his name's completely Boobach. gone. Yes, Boobach. Yeah, Boobach. Yeah. You've had him. You've let, had Pet Linders. They've all they all have an input to help him create the yeah, whole. You make a very. You mentioned you make a very good point. Now, how hard did Boobach? I mean, Boobach leaving must have come as a an absolute. Um, uh, shock to the system because you have to rip it up and start again, and that's what I'm saying. That adds to his absolute brilliance. Yeah, for uh, me, uh, for me, I think it actually helped Bouvac leaving. Well, in hindsight, yes, but at the time, can you imagine what the, the what they were psychologically, emotionally mm. going through? This is a guy he's been with him all his life at Mines, at Dortmund, at Liverpool, and then he just throws a hissy fit and leaves. It and wasn't quite like that, to be fair. This is the thing people don't realise is this has been going on. The entire time they'd worked together, they'd always had these big arguments. They'd always disagreed over things. And it just built up and built up. They'd always, But like when he'd gone to Liverpool, uh, they'd always sorted it out before because he, you know, he was the key man. But when he moved to Liverpool, right. he had the data analysts, for starters, who were all very involved in decision-making. He had Pep Linders very involved. You know, he started to just be more and more involved at this point. And you had yeah. um, Kravovic, Kornmeyer, all of the, you know, they're all given a big input. And Buvac just felt like he was being sidelined. Like his input he felt was not he'd as mar- important. Marginalized. Yeah, marginalised. That's the word I was trying to think of. So why was that? Because why wasn't he. Why wasn't Klopp um, having all these people at talk, listen to all these people at uh, 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 Dortmund? Why at Liverpool? Because he didn't have them there. He didn't have the best of them. He could go out and get the best at Liverpool. He could go and take them from Bayern rather than Bayern taking them from him now. And that's oh, been the difference. Oh, I get you, right. That's been right. the difference. He's okay. gone and got Kornmeyer and Neymar from Bayern because they were the best in the business at what they did. Or he believed them to be the best in the business. Obviously, it's... You know, it's a subjective thing with things like that. So yeah, and um, gotcha. you know, he could promote Linders from the thing because he he had a good input. The the data analyst department is much better at Liverpool than Bayern. Uh, sorry, Bayern than Dortmund. They had to hand, so he had a lot more. Yeah. You know, he spends a lot more time listening to what they're giving him because they're you know they're giving him much better information, much more help than they were at Dortmund. So he's not as reliant on Bouvac anymore. And so, you know, Bouvac feels like he's not a part of it anymore. So you're, in your opinion, it's it's a silver lining. Basically, we haven't um, been affected adversely. In fact, you could argue it's a positive thing that Bouvac left. Yeah, I, I think Because results prove otherwise, yeah. Well, I think right, I, th- okay. I think anyway. I thought that at the time. I did say at the time. I did think it might turn out to be good because he had too much influence for my liking, and it was all about his decision. I mean, often you could see Klopp would turn and talk to him before making any decision, and that's sometimes you you need. Well, you do need a right hand man who still tells you when you're wrong. There's already there's plenty of them there. There's plenty, you know, the data yeah. analysts will argue with him. 
um, right. Kravovich will argue with him. Linders will argue with him if they think he's wrong. They don't. They're not yes men by any means. Kornmeyer yeah. has his own opinion, and he'll tell him when he thinks yeah. the players need a break. And that you know what I mean. It's it, all of these people are not yes men, and that's the difference. Is Klopp's never surrounded himself like Rodgers did. He just wanted yes men around him to tell him how great he was. The big difference was Klopp didn't have that, and it, it is a similar thing to Shankly had his. But you know, he had his group who told him when he was right. wrong, who would argue with him till they were blue in the face at times. But they, you know, they, it wasn't a, you know, a fight, fight. It was a disagreement on yeah. what to do. But in the end, Klopp makes the final decision, and Shankly used to as well, and that was what made it work. You had the right people you can to s- listen to. Yes, you can see. On match day, it's evidence to what you're saying. Evidence of what you're saying is it's it's, it's a very consultative situation on that bench and with the coaches. You can see it, and uh, like you said, it wasn't that way with um, necessarily Bubac because you it was only Bubac and Klopp, and the others were kind of in the background. And and especially with Rogers, it was Rogers or Rogers never was a consultant consultant in that regard so yeah well he talked so to him but he only very, wanted him to cool. say yes to whatever he said really he didn't really want to hear a dissenting so, voice did he who's that rogers yeah it was all about him yeah yeah i i, I you can and you can see it like the, the, the a picture's picture paints a thousand words you can see the bench now how it's evolved over the years oh that's now, um, one thing I've got to say as well. You've got to say a lot has a lot has come from Atterberg's improvement as well as he's evolved and learnt as a coach. Because to point, be fair, to be fair, Rogers didn't have him when he, he had him as a, a rookie coach, and it, he shouldn't right. have been in that position. There should have been an experienced coach to teach Atterberg and bring him on. Instead, he was thrown in at the deep end, basically, as Liverpool's number one goalkeeping coach. From you know, he was just the next Tamir Rovers goalkeeper, really, in essence, to a Liverpool right. fan. You know, he's not, he wasn't um, a top line coach, he was still learning, he was still getting his badges. Yeah. Now he's got his pro badge, he's come on in leaps and bounds, and he's a stronger voice, he's getting more involved, and he's a likable chap as well, which it must be said is a yeah. big help because obviously, you, you want personalities that get on and he does get on with the players and the coaches like so you know you've got to say now, that that's a big part of it as well yeah because Klopp has a complete faith in him and he has lots of positive things to say about his coaching side and his, his professional side and his personal side and he's and because there was a lot of dissenting voices against John Ackenberg for a long, long time, I remember. Like, well, he, and, I mean, you never saw a goalkeeper improve in a Liverpool shirt. Never. Just didn't yeah. see it. They always seemed to just fade the minute they got in the, you know, got the Liverpool coaches got hold of him. That was before Ackenberg as well. And after yeah. him, he shouldn't have been left. He was put in a situation, it's something, he was not ready. Said that all along, he shouldn't have been in the situation he was in. It should have been he should have been a a coach working for a head goalkeeping coach. You know what I mean? He should have been a number two, not a number one when he first arrived. Okay. So I know at this at this juncture it's probably a good time. I know you want to uh, talk about Di- uh, Diego Simeone saying uh, positive words about um, Klopp. Yeah, yeah. He said he's the the best uh, coach. You know, the coach he most admires at the moment in the game, which is. 
big words because no, Sutton, he no. normally says it about Bielsa or, or somebody similar. We've it's is it is it so hard? It's so hard for me to believe that we have got, and I don't want to make this about the players, but we've got we've got some of the best players in the world. Um, I mean, usually it's only one player we have once in a while, but now we have at least three or four. I mean, we have Becker, Mane, Salah, um, Firmino. We've got, I mean, that will get into most World 11s. And we, I think, in my heart of hearts, and I know that we have the best coach in the world. It, that, 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 that seems so, I don't know why that seems so unbelievable to me. I'm, I, 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 I cannot See, I, fathom I, that. I'd argue that he's not the best coach in the world, as in, I don't think there is such a thing. No, I don't think there is such a thing as the best coach in the world. I think there's the best coach for each club has a different, you know, they have different requirements. And this is the problem clubs for club, when clubs do their decision making, is they don't look at the ethos of the club they're in charge of when they decide who to appoint. Mourinho was perfect for Chelsea at one point, but Chelsea evolved. Mourinho didn't, so they're no longer the right fit. Klopp gotcha. is perfect for Liverpool. He's the best coach in the world that Liverpool could have. But that wouldn't mean he'd be the best coach in the world at, say, Real Madrid, because I don't think he'd suit them at all. Not at all. I think a I think a 50% optimum... I mean, I, not even an optimum Jurgen Klopp, but I think a, I think a, a Jurgen Klopp at 50% of his output would improve Real Madrid. I just oh, no, think he's that I, type of thing. I do agree with that, but what I mean is he wouldn't suit them in the way he suits Liverpool. He wouldn't be the ideal. He wouldn't have the same I effect. I understand that. I understand that. I think you put Jurgen Klopp at your, uh, Real Madrid, he wins you the... Uh, he wins you Seri, uh, uh, Serie A. Serie <laughs> That would yeah. be a miracle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Miracle? He's that yeah. good, is he? Wow. <laughs> Don't let them hear that. We've lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god! I think you you give you give Jurgen Klopp um, a season at um, Real Madrid. He wins you La Liga. I think he wins you uh, Serie A. I think (laughs) he's that good. I think he's that good. Wherever he goes, he wins you things. And I mean, the only um, uh, the only uh, thing is the Premiership because it's so difficult to win, you know, and um, you, you, and again, I say that a Manchester City is a financial juggernaut. You're not, you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna beat Manchester City every single season for the Premiership. But you know, let's hope not we do it this Bob, season. Not because... even Bob Paisley won everything every season. Even he was beaten exactly. occasionally. Exactly. Now let's look at some of these stats that he's put up. Right, Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. Um, in 221 games in all competitions, approximately, right? He's won 320 points. Um, 320 points won in the Premier League from 192 matches, at an average of 2.11 per game. Um, 146, the number of games it took Klopp to record 300 league points, the fewest required by any of the club's managers, right? Um, 468 goals scored in all competitions, averaging two goals per game. The highest ratio by any Reds manager in the last 123 years. Um, Let me see. 
92 wins in Klopp's first 150 Premier League games, more than any other Liverpool manager. Um, again, 17 uh, uh, league wins unbeaten. Uh, uh, we'll make that the record. Uh, it'll be the record if we beat United away. First game back after the uh, international great, uh, break. Um, 43 times uh, we've scored under Klopp more than four goals in a game. Four goals or more. Um, he's unbeaten against 14 Premier League teams. Um, the first manager to take an English team to three European finals in his first three seasons of European competition. The guy's an absolute magician, man. He's just... I, I, I don't understand. I, I, I really, truly believe... And I'm not... This is just some jingoistic kind of partisan... Um, big enough of our, our manager, but he wins everywhere he goes. That for me. Yeah, I, I can I, I can't argue with it. I just don't think he'd be given the kind of platform to build from that he's been given at Liverpool. He, if he went to somewhere like he, Real Madrid, they wouldn't give him the coaches. They wouldn't That's give him point. the players he wanted. He can do so much, uh, but he's not a miracle worker. And you know they need someone who they. You know, when you're so reliant on a overseer buying you the right players, and you've got absolutely yeah. no say in it. You, okay, no now you tell. Me, yeah, let me. I don't want to labour the point, but okay, against the Barcelona side that are now at the moment, they're not even a. They're just an above average, if, if mediocre. Oh, no, yeah, maybe. I, I think he'd win. Don't get me wrong, he'd win La Liga. Not a problem with that team. Yeah. Even though yeah, they crap the yeah. Real Madrid team at the moment, they're not a they're not a shadow on what they once yeah. were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but so neither are Barcelona. The only you know Atletico Madrid, are, they're not a great side. They never have been. They just yeah. Yeah. they work hard and they're organised and they're focused and they never give up. But they're not a great team. They don't have. Yeah. They have a couple of great players, but it's more about. The coach there, Simeone, in a similar way to Klopp at Liverpool, he's making the difference right. between right. them and two financial juggernauts. Absolutely. Let me throw something left field at you, buddy. Um, give me your most top top two, three memorable Liverpool games under Klopp. Oh, I know God. what the top one will be. Oh God! And you well, I mean, I know, you know, the, bit, the top one is obviously is the final. I see the Champions right, League okay. final. Okay. Hmm. Gee, you've got me there because you know what my memory's like. Yeah, exactly. I, I just thought I'd throw a curveball at you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't know final like. I mean, it's difficult to There's been so many. I mean, some of the performances so, have been fantastic. And then. For me, it's it was the Dortmund um, comeback 4 3. Mm-hmm. The semi final. Because yeah, I was thinking the, the Barcelona one. Yeah, and for me, it was, yeah, that was a, for me. But I, I, actually, I, I, there's another one, the United one in the uh, League when Coutinho scored that wonder goal. That was... Um, that yeah, was but was that only good well. because it was against United rather than... Because it wasn't a particularly outstanding... Yeah, exactly. That's why. That's right. It was just because it was United. It wasn't yeah, like the Barcelona right. game yeah. where it was just a stunning performance as well. And, you know, making the... when. You, doesn't matter how how much you dislike or like him, to make Lionel Messi look average like they did, they absolutely hounded him out of the game. 
mean, that takes some doing. Not many teams have managed that, ever. Not at all. And and this was without Mohamed Salah and Roberto Firmino yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly, with the weakened side, and yet to go out there exactly. and do what they did and completely demoralised them as well. I mean, this was at the time Barcelona were high on confidence and flying, and they've never recovered. They still haven't recovered now. When you hear them speak, they still talk about it. It's still affected them mentally now. Months that's later, an ex. That's an excellent point you make because they're still psychologically affected. Yeah, it's Absolutely. destroyed them. I mean, that last goal. Uh, no, was it the last one? The, um, you know the one I mean, the corner. The short, the quick it's corner. A free, it's a quick corner in Arena yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the most incredible moments of all time. But the way they got it just, you know, that's destroyed them mentally. I mean, those kind of things, those kind of moments. That's what, for me, stands out as the ultimate thing with Klopp and his coaching over somebody like Pep Guardiola. Why I prefer him as a Liverpool manager to anyone else. Because... Right. Pep's teams would never have spotted that because they would have had a routine worked out that Pepper had told them they have to do. You know, they'd have right. their corners, their set routines. They go through. They they wouldn't have. They they wouldn't have spotted. Origi wouldn't have been able to get in that position and just put it in the back of the net. And Trent Alexander Arnold wouldn't have put it in there in the first place. They'd have had a routine. They worked out. They'd have done forty-five passes before they got to that point. You know what I mean? They'd have. They know yeah. what they're doing, but they have to regimented, follow a plan. Yeah, regimented. regimented. That's the word I was trying. Again, you, it's like you read my mind. Regiment. Yeah, yeah, get out the, of your the, mind, eh? Yeah, the, yeah, you don't want to be in there for too long. Yeah. Too many cobwebs <laughs> for starters. Yeah. <laughs> so you think that you, you think that spontaneity is Klopp induced? It's correct? not just the spontaneity. It's the fact that the players think for themselves rather than gotcha. they follow gotcha. a plan. That's what I was trying to get yeah. at. They. They right. look at it and they decide there and then. It's very similar to what Paisley used to emphasise over and over again. With you know the the comment, actually Shankly said it first about if a player, you know, when you when a goal scorer gets in position, just put it in the back of the net and we'll discuss your options afterwards. That kind You're of thing. Right. It was very much he wanted the players to just just do it. Just go and do what you think's best and then we'll, afterwards we'll discuss whether you maybe could have done something else or whether you did the right thing afterwards. We'll worry about it afterwards. You just go out there, you make the decision for yourself. You don't need to be told by me what to do. He wanted them to, to you know, and this is what Klopp So does. he's in, he makes them empowered think, his players. Yeah, he, he makes them, he's not going to rip them a new one when they make a mistake. He might scream and shout yeah. on the sidelines when things aren't going well. But afterwards, he's not going to have them in and they're going to have a meeting where they get ripped apart for what they did wrong. You know what I mean? With their video editors and all that. And they'll, they'll give them a thing of, you know, things they can improve and stuff like that. But it's it's not forced down their throat. You've got to do this, this and this each time you get the ball, you know. So he encourages free thinking yeah, and independence. That's yeah. what it's all about. It's something Pep Linders in particular has come in. It's one of his reasons why he's risen so quickly. It's because Pep's really big on that as well. That's his big thing. So, OK. Um, that's a great time to talk about the future. Because... Oh, don't. You mentioned, yeah, I know it's it's a sad. Uh, I don't even think about a time a sad, after him. I know, yeah. Um, 
I'm still recovering okay, so, from. I'm still recovering from Dargley's going. Yeah, this is this is <laughs> akin to. Um, I mean, the first time round, obviously. Yeah. Um, this this is akin to. It really is is akin to like Dalglish leaving because, and I know I, I don't really particularly want to talk about it, but it'd be remiss not to. Um, in a Klopp podcast, he has actually said that um, he doesn't see himself um, staying at the club a very long time, like a Ferguson or a Wenger. He's also said um, about him wanting the uh, uh, German national interest the german national team is interesting for him and his the, the, the what's really really upsetting and saddening is his contract is up at the same time as joachim lowe's contract is up his liverpool contract is up at the same time as uh joachim lowe's contract is up at the german team after the world cup uh mm-hmm. world cup in 2022 so uh, you know what, but I think it's an organic recipe that Klopp takes over his country's job, uh, the national team. He wants a job; they want him. Well, I don't let's think he's be honest. Another contract. If you're the German national team and you know um, Klopp's interested in the job, you're going to go and get him, aren't you? You're going to try everything yeah. to get him into it. You're going to give him. You're going to make him the highest-paid manager in world football because um, Germany, are, Germany aren't short of a book. No, no, no. You just that—that's by the by. I mean, that's just a, a given. You're going to make him the well, most well-paid uh, football manager, especially national manager for sure, right? You're going to give him all the backroom staff he wants. You're going to give him. Um, you're going to give him. Uh, you're going to give. You're going to put all the tools in his place. And the thing is, he's only going to work two, three days a week. Klopp's a multi, multi-millionaire. They're going to make him a exceptionally rich man anyway yeah, and he, he takes spend the time with his family team. as well and he gets to get spend time with his family it's, it's a not, it, 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 with. absolutely Ula. and yeah, um yeah. and um you know where he met her um, you know where he met Ula? no i wasn't stalking him like you so <laughs> He met her at Oktoberfest. She was a barmaid in Oktoberfest. Uh, yeah, I have heard this story, actually. Yeah, you're right. That's brilliant. He's had a few drinks and he's thought, wow, she's nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the barmaid's a bit exactly. fit. Yeah, I've had a few. I'll yeah, go and chat exactly. her up now. Yeah. <laughs> bit of a Dutch courage. Story. Exactly, yeah. About 18 pints of it. Um, or 18 litres, because they get the big, massive jugs, don't they? Is this some kind oh, of joke about... No, no, I'm not going to go there. Okay. No, no, no. I'm just saying it's just a brilliant... I, I just think it's a so brilliant So you just story, said massive jugs. I thought you were doing some kind of barmaid gag. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> of. Better not. Better not. Right, mate. Yeah, I wasn't even there. But yeah, anyway. So I think that he goes. It's sad that he won't... Um, I, I, I don't think he'll sign a new contract. He doesn't need to. By the time he leaves Seven us... Seven years have... again, won't it? Set, yeah, that seven-year itch. He'll have he'll have won a European Champions League at the very least, and I think it's a good time to go. And Don't um, say that. listen, mate, I'm a realist. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not a romantic so, like you, or or, or hide, or, or should I say, an ostrich that hides his head underneath the uh, in the sand. But um, mate, he's gonna go. He's gonna go. So get used to it. But listen, we've had seven years. We've had three years of him. 
sorry, four years. We've got another three years. Let's just enjoy it while it lasts. And um, uh, for me, I think Linda should be the successor. Um, I just think it's an organic move. He knows Klopp's. Uh, he knows the You know, Klopp I've got my way. fingers in my ear saying la, 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 la right now. So I'm not uh, yeah, hearing any yeah, of this because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to even think about it, what happens afterwards. I remember what happened Mate. the last time we've lost, you know, that would Doug least away. It just fell apart. Don't even Mate, want to think I, about honestly, that again. This isn't me trying to be melodramatic, but I'm done with football after Klopp leaves. It will be around <sighs> the time of the break breakaway league as well. And I'm done yeah. with football after Klopp. Well, I think my if the breakaway league comes, yeah, I can't see football being nah, the it's same. it's done for me. Nah, it's done. I mean, after Klopp, I think it's done. The breakaway league will, ju- league will just cement my disdain with football. My wife will be happy and I'll just get on with the rest of my life. No, your wife definitely won't be happy because she'll see more of you. <laughs> boom, boom. I'm telling you, like she'll that. be just, oh, can't you go and watch the football for God's sake? It's only the breakaway league. It's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Just please, yeah. just watch the football. Just give me five minutes' peace. Just go and yeah. watch them. They've just, they've just prostituted football. It ain't that bad. Go and watch it. You'll want be playing Real Madrid every week. Oh God, yeah. That's just like no, just not for me at all. That. Uh, I think I'm done with. When Klopp leaves, I think I'll exit left as well from football. So. Oh, right. I, it doesn't, you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't even bear thinking about. It doesn't even bear thinking about. Let's just enjoy the next three seasons and uh, let's get back on our perch. And uh... Can we talk about another thing that brought him success as well? I just I, We haven't really gone through yet. His recruitment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. OK, there's the, the problems with the tapping up and all that. We know about that. He's made a mess of a lot, you know, made it difficult. We've had to pay over the odds Happens for a lot of players time. and stuff like that. But Happens all the time. Well, even it doesn't matter whether it does or not. This is irrelevant. It's the choices he makes, the players he chooses to pursue that, like, not all of us would have agreed with at the time. I mean, Kolka was a... He was recommended Kolka. It brought him in on loan because we were desperate for the defender and it was that bad. He ended up playing him up front instead. But, like, you know, that's the first one and you're thinking then, this is a worry. So you get into the second seat, you know, this, the first, and he brings in Mane. I mean, Mane was sensational that season. And he never looked back. Why Naldum? I mean, none of us were really sure whether he was the right choice, but he's turned out well. Okay. Salah. Well, no, I'm just doing it year, just doing the first proper season, you know, the first summer. Just looking at it. Okay, Carius and Manninger. Uh, I mean, Manninger was all right as backup, but Carius never really worked out. But, you, you know, you can't win them all. Matip on a free. And Ragnar Klavan, who I really liked. I thought he was really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, he wasn't. Uh, you know, world class defender, but as a cheap backup, he was fine. He was, he was reliable. That's what I'm trying to say. And then you look at who we got rid of Benteke. I mean, Jesus, that guy was just a lamppost. Absolutely useless. He still hasn't scored. He still yeah. hasn't scored since he's left Liverpool. Has, and he yeah, just I thought, said he has, recently, I thought he scored one. Well, obviously, I'm exaggerating yeah. for the narrative, but um, he um, he said he could still do a job at Liverpool. Yeah, I saw he that. Did, Hilarious. Uh, I mean, 
Yeah. What kind of crack is he on? I, I think he means. That. I think he means the the boot boys job or something. Or the in the under twenty threes. We got rid of Ive no, that year it? as well, and Allen. I mean, these are players that just none of them have kicked on. Skater was past his best. He was gone. We got rid of. He's a just been. He's done most things right at Liverpool, and it's just yeah. that perfect storm where that holy trinity, you know. Klopp, the club, the fans. It's absolutely worked out perfectly. And it's that's what I'm saying. He can't he's he's got the golden touch. He okay. He can't get mo he's getting most things right and gets very few things wrong. Even Salah. It wasn't he was fourth choice on the list. And that's even look what happened there. Yeah, he, he, well, he didn't even want Salah. He didn't even want Salah. He wanted yeah. Brent and he wanted I can't remember the other guy. And and look what happened. It's every. It's it's like I say. It's the it's the holy trinity. It's the perfect storm. And, Virgil, and this is what's going to. You look at Virgil Van Dijk. You you know nobody. People like Pep were saying he was too expensive and didn't want to pay the money that he would cost. Even and when he was, they. I mean, Pep said it, but he would still have. He'd he'd have loved to sign him. Let's be honest. It was the Virgil only wanted to go to Liverpool was the big problem. And that's. And, and and when you told me that, I had, I honestly I had misgivings. I didn't really understand that. I really believe it or whatever. And Virgil's come out and said it himself. Pep's come out and said it himself. He mm. said exactly what you said when you told me that uh, Virgil just wanted Liverpool. And I'm like, leave it out. The, the, the Man United are throwing him fifty, seventy-five grand a week more than um, we would. And, and Pep said though. it himself. Yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't about Pep, the money. He wanted to play for club. He said he wanted to go to Liverpool, and that's the star, and that's that's how he brings the rock, the, the kind of star, um, the rock and roll quality to Liverpool. He's made it a club that people, players, world class players, want to come to. I mean, Ox as well. I mean, you you look at what he does with them. Ox could have gone to quite a few places, but he ended up coming to Liverpool. And okay, it, it's not been entirely perfect for him because he's injuries and that like, but. When he's been playing well, he's been brilliant. Robertson, he brought him on in leaps and bounds. He was nothing like the player we had. We signed a player that was nothing like the level he is now. Chelsea offered more for Ox, and they offered him more money. Yep. And he still came to us. Klopp is a frigging rock star, mate. We got him for three more seasons, and let's take, let's just enjoy the ride. I've so got a. Who would I've you say a, is the I've, best signing he's made then? I think I probably you can't look beyond Mane. You can't look beyond Salah. I probably Salah for me. Um, what he's bought, Not what Mane. he's bought in three. I don't know. I think Salah. What he, he's just destroyed records. I mean, in, in yeah. the three years that he's he's played, I think. I mean, maybe it was for default uh, under default, but for me, it has to be Salah, close followed by uh, Mane, and then. Wijnaldum, um, Virgil, or uh, or uh, Virgil, yeah. I mean, Virgil's got to do it for another season for me. Like Salah's done it over three years. Um, of course, you can't discount what Virgil's doing, but for me, it, uh, uh, Wijnaldum as well comes uh, uh, comes into that bracket. I just think he's he's just he's got the golden touch, and I think that comes from experience, obviously. And number two, it just comes from being a real football brain. A real footballing person. He's played the game. He knows 
uh, he knows what to do to make things right. And it's make not just successful. that. The thing about him is people don't really, because he comes across a bit of a clown, a bit of a laugh, you know, a bit of a joker. He's a very intelligent man. He, you know, he went to, he didn't just like jump into coaching. He went and got sports science degrees before he came, Mate, you know, the, before he turned to coaching. He went to university. The reason yeah. why he's a clown and he's a joker and he's irreverent is because at 18 years of age, he had a baby. He was working in, he was he was packing boxes in uh, uh, films. You know them years ago. You had those cine films in um, big metal um, uh, box uh, round boxes, whatever it is. Round. You know those big re- um, uh, cine reels. Is that when you uh, you went to the talkies with your missus? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You did yeah. that, didn't so you? Was, a lot of that in the nineteen twenties. In, in, in fact, yeah, he was. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah. He was packing them in boxes at 18 years of age. He had a baby. He was doing that at night. Sorry, he was doing that um, at night, doing playing football and trying to get. Um, uh, he was try- and trying to get a football career, and he was trying to get some sleep in there as well. So that's where he he says, football isn't serious. Life is serious. Hmm. So this is where his irreverence comes from. Yeah, it's not the be all and end all from him. He realize he realizes that. There's more important things than that. And that's one of the things I right. do like about him is that he doesn't just sign players because they're good players. They have to be the right type of person as well. He takes the time to find out about them. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Bye-bye.